0: You're with us. And uh, first of all, I just want to say I owe the church an apology. Here I am Easter Sunday morning and I'm apologizing to the church. We had our Good Friday service and I said it was going to be 45 minutes long. Well, I never wrote that before and went through it, but we went over 45 minutes. And so please forgive me from the bottom of my heart. And I mean that with all sincerity. I I, I didn't think it would go that long. And I just, well, praise the Lord, thank you for saying that it was awesome. And uh, then all that guilt and all that confession that I went to the Lord over, I felt terrible. So then, here's here's what I've decided. I will never get up and say, we will be here for this long. And uh, from for today, let's just go ahead and look forward to two hours of preaching. And if you get out early, praise the Lord. And uh, I... I, I Just have to kind of bring that up. But I want you to know, if you would please uh, turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 28, as this is probably one of the greatest texts that we get to have the privilege and honor as pastors to be able to speak about on a wonderful day like today, this Sunday resurrection service. And I am so honored. You know, even when I get the opportunity to to, to come to church and, and to think this is my 12th Easter message here at New Hope. And uh, as September will be our 13th year anniversary since we started the deck, I started the church on the deck on 4th Street in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. So, um, you know, it's so hard sometimes to really think, how in the world can I bring a a message? It's the Resurrection Service. Uh, People know about the Resurrection Service. They know the story. They know all about it. But I think we all can have a reminder. Sound like we all sound like I was from down south in the hills of Kentucky. I think we all have a reminder here of just exactly what this story entails. You want me to start talking like that? I won't. But see, sometimes it just comes out of me, and even though uh, my roots are from it's not Pikeville, it's Pockville, Pockville, Kentucky, and my wife is from not Louisville, from Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, so sometimes in our home, we, we bring up some of this southern talk. And, um, but anyhow, I will do my best today to, to enlighten you with the Word of God and uh, not put in my southern twang today. Uh, anyhow, this, I love this story, and I wanted to start off this morning because I thought it was such a cool story. It came from a journalist out of Pennsylvania. This is the story of a school teacher who was assigned to visit children In a large city hospital who received a routine call requesting that she visit a particular child. The teacher took the boy's name and room number and was told by the teacher on the other end of the line, Right now, currently, we are studying nouns and adverbs in the class. I'd be grateful if you could help him with his homework so he doesn't fall behind with the other students. It wasn't until the visiting teacher got outside the boy's room that she realized that it was located in the hospital's burn unit. No one had prepared her to find a young boy horribly burned and in great pain. The teacher felt that she couldn't just turn around and walk out. And so she stammered awkwardly, Hi, I'm the hospital teacher, and your teacher sent me to help you with nouns and adverbs. This boy was in so much pain that he barely responded. The young teacher stumbled through his English lesson, ashamed at putting him through such a senseless exercise. The next morning, a nurse on the burn unit had asked this teacher, "'What did you do to that boy?' before the teacher could finish her outburst of apologies. The nurse interrupted her, "'You don't understand. We've been very worried about him.'" But ever since you were here yesterday, his whole attitude has changed. He's a different boy. Guess what happened? He's finally fighting back. He's responding to treatment. It is as, it is as if he has decided to live. The boy later explained that he had completely given up hope until he saw that teacher. It all changed when he came to a simple realization. With joyful tears, this little boy said this. They wouldn't send a teacher to work on nouns and adverbs with a boy who was dying, would they? This wonderful story invites us to celebrate the gift of life. Even when all we seem to see around us is pain and disappointment, and many of us face brokenness, it shows us that on the other side of pain, there is resurrection. There is life. Reminds us of what is possible whenever there is hope. So here we are in Matthew chapter 28. We'll catch up with the documented witness to Christ's resurrection. See beyond the pain where there's actual hope for many of the onlookers. Matthew 28 early Sunday morning and you can follow if you don't have your Bible with us you can follow us today on the, the screen. Early Sunday morning, as the new boy was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Now, I want you to do something with me today since we're going to be highlighting a couple of these words here in the text. Earthquake. Let's go ahead and circle that, highlight it. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear. If you'll circle that when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, and here's what he said Don't do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. You see, he isn't here, for he is risen from the dead. Just as he said what happened. come see where his body was lying and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. And remember what I have told you. The woman ran, the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened. You can underline that, but also filled with great joy and circle that. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went to the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, You must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. And their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell that same story today. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing how will because of fear, will allow gossip to be the driving force behind a story that somebody told? When we read stories on social media, you can never understand the depth of the pain of what someone is going through because unfortunately, we cannot hear the emotion behind the pain and the suffering of that individual. It's very terrible as... Many of us have read stories and we believe what the news has to tell us. Well, the news spread very quick to the Jewish people. Someone took him. Oh, no, church. He's alive. And he is risen. And he is well. So we continue. Verse 16. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, "I I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I have given you. Be sure of this. I am with you always. Even to the end of this age. Even unto the end of the earth. Jesus himself clearly and re- repeatedly prophesied his impending death and resurrection from the dead. He had already told him what was going to happen. And they were all just waiting to see what would happen. But why is it that we sit back as a church and we wonder, did the resurrection really take place? Do we believe this story? And yet we have all kinds of scripture. We have evidence that Jesus rose. And we also have witnesses. Moreover, the fact and the doctrine of the resurrection were fundamental to the accounts of the gospel writers and to the testimony of the apostles. Both in their sermons and acts and in the epistles in the New Testament. Their gospel stood or fell on the truth of the resurrection. In fact, it was the truth of the resurrection that motivated the disciples to subsequently give their lives for Christ and the gospel. There came that Southern Voice again. I think it was coming out. Hey, it's hard sometimes to, to, to be up here and do my job. So they gave their lives for the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. Once they have met the risen Christ, nothing could stop them preaching their message. Nothing could stop them from sharing their story. We all have a story. But see... We've allowed the influences of others to affect us from telling our story. Now you see, they could share their story. It was no ridicule. They didn't have to to talk about torture, imprisonment, or martyrdom. The resurrection was the fundamental premise of what they believed and what they preached. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Such is the power of the gospel to change, challenge, and charge each one of us, all men and women, who other eyes would have given up. And so it is still today. We do not follow, worship, and preach about a dead Christ, but the Christ who died and rose again. That's our story. Nonetheless, despite the commonly held belief in the one true gospel and its essential premise of the resurrection, there were still... Skeptics in the early church who questioned its accuracy. So it it was with the early church, and it is today, where some were challenging the whole concept of the resurrection of the dead. As I take the next few minutes, I'll give you four points to this morning's message, and I'll make it quick. The earthquake, the stone, the fear, and the joy from all of it. Let us pray. Father, we love you, and we just praise your name today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for bringing all of us together. Lord, help me to explain this, to bring life and understanding. Father, help us to to not just sit idle. Help all of us to share your story of your resurrection and how we have a story to share with others. Bless those that are here today. Open up our hearts, Lord, to hearing from you. In your name we pray. Amen. As we look into, or we look deeper into the elements and some of the emotions being manifested here during the time of Christ's resurrection. I'm going to try to break it down for you and and hopefully you'll get a a great understanding. In verse 2 of 28 it says, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Now understand this, that the exact moment Jesus yielded up his earthly spirit on the cross in Matthew chapter 27, 51, what took place? It said that with that great earthquake, the temple was rent in two. The Holy of Holies was torn asunder. There was a great earthquake, and it destroyed it. It tore it apart. But here he was on the cross, and yet people are still skeptical about the resurrection, about the Messiah. Oh, no, he's just a rabbi. He's a teacher. He's not the Son of God. Oh, but he is. And here's what's interesting. And when the pagan Roman soldiers witnessed the earth's reaction to what had taken place, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. I I love that, you know, for many of us, we understand that the basis of our Christian life is truly, the, the foundation is of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Our life is built on faith, believing. And yet the Roman soldiers that hung him on the cross, that put the spear through his side, laid the crown of thorns and and crushed them upon his head. They witnessed all this. And yet it wasn't until that moment that he became the great sacrifice, the Lamb of God. And now no longer do we have to go into the Holy of Holies. We have access to Jesus Christ. That's why through that earthquake, through that story that the veil was torn, a great earthquake took place. Let me show you something else. So Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, came to see Christ's tomb. And here's what the scripture said. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled the stone from the door and sat on it. You see, the earthquake... Was Earth's reaction to heaven's announcement that Christ had escaped the tomb and overcome death? And after the angels announced that Christ had risen, the women, it said, went out quickly from the tomb with great fear and yet great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. They had a story to tell. Christ rose. The angel caused a great earthquake on earth, and when he announced the victory, the women literally ran to spread the good news and tell their story. So I ask you this morning, what's your story? What is your story? What is your Jesus story? What is your God's story? What has God done in your life? How has He freed you, healed you? Do you have a story that's a miracle? Has He healed you? Then the other story, which was found in Acts 16, when Paul and Silas were jailed and interfering with Philippi's commerce by casting out a demon, while praying and singing, and with all the prisoners listening, here are these two great men of God. There came a great earthquake and shook the prison's foundation, and what happened? It loosened their chains. Now, for many of us, we would act in the flesh, and we would go screaming out of there and run out of that prison because we knew what was about to happen if you were proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yet, Paul announced to the jailer, the one that was about to commit suicide, because he would be killed when his superior discovered the escape, that they were still there. And what was the reaction to his announcement? Here's what happened. The jailer actually asked this question. What must do to be saved. The earthquake was not only a reaction that heaven had opened the doors to the spiritual freedom of salvation in Philippi but had prepared hearts to receive it in part because they were still there. Isn't that amazing? So they had a story to share. The story of the resurrected Christ. If you remember even back in the Old Testament, during the lightning and smoke on the mountain, God calls Moses up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. So what is the significance? What was the purpose of earthquakes from biblical context? Through it, God has proclaimed that he is calling us to the top of his mountain, and we are to go despite of the smoke and the thunder in our lives. This earthquake is also proclamation that we have direct access to God's presence. We serve a risen Christ and we are to run with the good news and to share His story with other people. After all, the foundation has been shaken, chains loosened, and hearts prepared. So the question I'm going to ask you this morning, how has God shook you up? What has He done in the midst of your storm? Can you say that in your life the great earthquake came? And can you say, just like in these stories... Now I have a story to to tell. God stepped in and I'm stepping up. What's God doing in your life? Number two, the stone was rolled away. You see, we know that the stone was not rolled away for Jesus. But we do know that the stone has been rolled away for everyone to see, including us, that the body of Jesus was no more in the grave. But he was now the risen Lord. (sighs) Isn't that a great thought? And I think for many of us, we can say there are times we all feel that we are encased in some tomb. We feel a sense of death. Experience and we can't seem to find our way out of it. The stones that get in the way are living a resurrected life. Are so large. The stones are so intimidating. Our life seems to be so frightening. We assume that the stone in our path is immovable. Maybe for some of you in this room. Maybe the stone in your life symbolizes bondage. Restriction. Addictions. Lack of freedom. Despair. Hopelessness. Sickness. Disease. When you feel entombed by some bondage, look up and realize the stone has already been rolled away. The way has been made for you to walk out of that tomb free. Jesus calls us to come out of the tomb, whatever it is that is holding us in death. When we realize that the stone has been rolled away, that the door is open and we can walk free, we can walk on. So look to the person next to you and say, walk on. (laughs) Now the question is, how do we do that? How do we walk on? We have to realize that God wants us to be free. Sometimes we walk out, sometimes we walk on. We slowly walk out of the tomb. We come out as Lazarus did, bound in grave clothes, and someone else has to unwrap those grave clothes from us. The grave clothes are those things that have been on us because we were in a death experience, as verse 2 says. Maybe some of you have heard, you know, what other people have had to say about you. They'll never get out. They can't be healed. They don't deserve to be free. They've sinned, and that is why all of this is on their life. I'm here to tell you today, you can walk out and you can walk on. Don't let the influences. Don't let the things that seem to to squish you, tighten you in, make you feel like this oppression is on you, this depression has overcome you. Know this, that the resurrected Christ is the one that gives us hope. For He's not dead, He's alive. For you see, the Bible says He is the way, the truth, and the life. You can have life by walking in Christ. Never let others determine... Who you become. For today, you can enjoy this Easter. For many, maybe you don't like eating ham with your family. But remember what the scripture says. Love your neighbor as yourself. Enjoy this. And I know that each one of us in this room can say this. Yes, we want to be free. And we should desire that same freedom for everyone. So let me just read this to you. Ways to be free. Each of us has a gift of something we can give to others to help them become free. There are many ways we can take off the grave clothes by showing love and compassion, being kind, speaking God's words over someone, encourage them. Being an intercessor is one of the greatest services we can give to the body of Christ to help bring freedom. Here's the thing. To intercede, the definition actually means this. To act or intercede. Interpose in behalf of someone in difficulty or trouble as by pleading or petition. As an intercessor, we stand in between that person and their need. We call them out of their tomb because there are times a person cannot intercede for themselves. So church, today I want to encourage you. Let's begin to unwrap God's people so they can live a resurrected life. Romans 8 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Let me make it just simple for you. That is one awesome looking purple shirt. See see how easy that is? Maybe Jesse came in today depressed. He was just waiting for somebody to say, I dig that purple shirt. Maybe just having somebody with you and just say, I'm glad you're with you. How about this? I love you. Can you imagine the excitement and the joy that the ladies felt because they had a cool story to tell. You see, both the Marys, and, and I just don't understand sometimes why we have to have everybody with the same name. Mary, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, Mary Martha, and all the other Marys. Everybody was Mary. How many Todds are in the building? Okay. Well, there was something significant about the name Mary, right? But i got to tell you, we all have the great privilege of encouraging one another, of loving one another, of sharing our story of encouragement. Listen, God has given you a hope in the future. God has, has given you the, the opportunities to be able to share what he's done through your life. If you're here today, he's given you life. And he's given you abundance with your life. Listen, your life doesn't have to be a curse or a burden. Your life can be free. Here's what I see. Number three, fear, believers and unbelievers. Two things that I think they were dealing with in verses 4 and 5. The guards shook with fear and they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women and said, do not be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. You see, he isn't here for he is alive. Now, for many of you. I know that my father passed away 10 years ago, but if I went to that grave, and my, my dad never prophesied and said he was ever coming back to visit me, but if I went to that grave and I saw that it was open, and all of a sudden there was somebody there to talk to me, we have two, two situations going on here. One, someone has to pick me up off the ground because I just fell faint on the ground. Or two, I run like a scared girl and probably run past my car and get out of that grave. So I tried to picture what was going on in this level of fear because we had two different people that were there. We had the ones that believed and we had the other ones that didn't believe. But yet their fear was was kind of the same. One feared for their life because the soldier said, "Oh no, what's going to happen to me? I was told to stand over the grave." Now, can you imagine being the soldiers that stood over the grave? And they knew that He was the Son of God. And they knew what they had heard. And they knew what was prophesied. And all of a sudden, this earthquake, things start to shake. They fall off of where they're guarding the tomb outside of it, around it, wherever they were at. And all of a sudden, one of them looks at the other and says, Did you hit your head? Because that stone just rolled away. When Jesus could have just popped right up out of there. And then we have the other level of fear. So they were afraid for their lives. The women ran in fear and excitement. And it says that there was joy in their heart and in their life. I mean, think about it. Shouldn't all of us leave here today excited? Knowing that we're not talking about any other gods that are around this world, that we serve the one and true living God, the only one that has ever come alive. Why in the world, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when King Nebuchadnezzar said, you kneel, and they said, oh no, I'm not kneeling, and he said, oh you will, or you will die. Well, guess what? They had a story to tell because all of a sudden when they looked in that fiery furnace, there was life in there. Well, guess what? There was no more life in that tomb because that stone was rolled away and Jesus was out of there. How cool. How awesome is that? What a great story. So he says as Jesus embarks upon them, listen. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What an awesome story. What an awesome reality. See, many of us deal with anxiety. Many of us deal with panic attacks. Many of us are afraid. For myself, fear sometimes can be the very thing that stops me from actually proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ because I feel inadequate and insecure, inferior in front of other people. What am I going to say up here today that that someone's going to say, did you hear the way that he said that? And so Satan uses that instead of me sharing this awesome story of the resurrection. We're always so worried about what other people are going to think. So I stand up here bold and excited that I have the great privilege that God called me as just a boy to proclaim his gospel. And I hope today that you can say, I don't have to be afraid anymore. I don't have to run in fear. And I know this. I know there's effects of fear. And I also know there's ways to overcome fear. But church... Guess what? No matter what, if you're a child of the Most High God, you're already alive. Point number four in the last one, joy. Verses 8 and 9 says this, The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Nehemiah 8.10 says this, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The women had joy after hearing the good news of Christ's resurrection from the angel. Jesus told them not to fear, but rejoice, and they did so. The apostles followed suit and even fell at the feet of Christ and worshipped him. So what was the role of joy in the lives of these new believers in Jesus Christ? That's something to share. In John 16, 33, it says, In the world we will have tribulation. But he said, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Since he has overcome the world for us, why should we permit the world to overcome us? When tribulation comes, why give up our peace when our peace is in him and he is our peace, for he is. Our peace. Ephesians chapter 2.14 Their joy was challenged. Then they had a transforming joy. You see, as I start to close in this message today, their joy might have been challenged. Circumstances might have been going on and all kinds of crazy things were happening. But I'm here to tell you that every day in our life, our joy is challenged. But we know one thing is for sure, that we have hope in Christ. We have access to the Father. No longer did we have to go through a priest or the Holy of Holies, because our Savior, Jesus Christ, when that great earthquake took place, shook all of earth, shook up hell, and now we have What great joy do we have? Our joy is challenged all the time. Don't you love just blessing people? Don't you love just encouraging people? You know, I, I wasn't going to share this story, but this thought just came to me today. So I'm getting my hair cut this past week, and in walks this cute, well, not by himself. He was with Grandma. I think he's two and a half, and he gets up. And then all of a sudden, you know, how many of you remember when those the barber chairs were like this tall? And then you were like, how am I going to get up there? And you start to crawl up there. And I remember when I was a barber, I mean, when I was a kid and I went to the barber, <laughs> I was not a barber. And then he would always have to get that big wood piece out because back in the day, they had the, the red chairs, the barber chairs. Those things looked huge. I mean, it like just sucked me right in there. And I think I looked like this big in that chair, but I felt powerful. Then I even got even stronger because all of a sudden he put that board on there And I got up there, I climbed up there as a little boy, and sat on that piece of wood, proud as a peacock, as he put that bowl on my head and zipped, go Jim Wentz. I said to my parents at 13, please don't take me back to him again. Kids at school are making fun of me. I look like an alien. This cannot be happening. But this little boy, he gets up there, and he climbs up on that seat, and he's just sitting there, two and a half, just just naive and just loving life. And he knows about what's going to happen. He's going to hear that. <laughs> and I know the little guy was scared because you could kind of see it in his eyes. And So as I'm sitting there, I look over. I'm like, man, you're such a big boy. He looks up at me. And his his face lights up. And he gets real excited. And this little look that went like this sat straight up. I'm now two and a half and bigger than two and a half feet tall. And he sat there. But I remember this is what was sweet about this little dude. All of a sudden, she gets out the clippers. Now, here's what they sound like. And he's doing this number. He's looking at me. If he did it, I could do it. And I'm looking at him like, you
1: got this. Yeah. Come on, man.
0: I was like, he's cheering. And you know, not that you grandmas or parents are this way. It's okay, what a snake you, you go. It's okay. You cry and scream and throw a fit. And it's okay. Grandma will pick you up. Get back up there. Get back up there. I know how you are. But I was over there. I was cheering him on. That little two-and-a-half-foot dude was now seven-foot tall. And he took on the clippers like a man. <laughs> but you see, our joy is challenged all the time. Sometimes we go in and because of circumstances, sometimes we feel just discouraged and defeated. But I'm here to encourage all of you today that when you have Jesus in your life, that all of a sudden that sadness becomes to transform, and then you have a transforming joy, and then you can walk in Christ because he is the life. How are you sharing your story? I went over to the bowl, and as I was sitting there, I looked at the lady, and I said, I think they're almost done. I said, can I just pay for that little dude's haircut? But you, you gotta you gotta plan it out. You first of all have to say, how much is his haircut, by the way? When she said 4250, I'm like, he's only his head's only this big. Just kidding, she didn't. And uh 1375, I said, awesome! We got a deal. Go over there and pay for it. Don't tell him I did it. So, you know what I thought? Here's grandma taking this little grand dude to get his haircut. And you know what's exciting? That when I left that place, someone. That's what the resurrection's about. You see. As I close. We are all so wrapped up in discouragement. And defeat. And today I want you to know. That there are some reasons why the angel and Jesus encouraged these new believers to be joyful and rejoice. Because he's not in the grave. Hallelujah. 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 Christ. Is risen. He's not dead. For he is risen. He is risen. Indeed. What an awesome miracle of God. So that we might have life and have it abundantly. Eternity with Christ. How are you transforming your joy? How are you sharing your story? How are you telling people about the resurrected Christ? What are you doing? As we stand this morning, as we close out this service, come on, stand to your feet. I just, it's what I said. I just want to encourage all of you. Listen, are there earthquakes even in your life today that are shaking you up? Has every stone been rolled away from your life, your past, your present, and are leading resurrected lives in your life? Are we still living in a state of fear or do we know Jesus said, fear not? How are we pursuing to be obedient to his instructions? And do you have the joy of the Lord? Let us not forget that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Surely Christ is risen indeed. But has he really been risen? In your life, So you walked into church today, and, and it says, go and tell your story, God's story. So many of you probably walked in. Some of you have read some of these stories. These are some stories that were shared from people in our church. We all have a story to share. And this Easter, I'm going to challenge each and every one of you. There's a piece of paper that's over there, and it says, um, I, this is my story, this is my song praising my Savior all the day long. Maybe you have a story, and I want you to write that story out. You can bring it next week or the following week. But you all have a story. Have you shared your story of hope with someone else? Have you shared your story of healing with someone else? Have you shared your stories of freedom and victory over addictions with someone else? You know, people walked in today and shared their story. Here's my story. Oh, it was very difficult for me to think. Me? A pastor? Oh, you don't want me, Lord. Because I'm insecure. I, I, I'm not going to talk in front of people. I can't pronunciate things the right way. Matter of fact, I had to go to speech therapy because I couldn't say my awes. It's difficult. And then everything I said would be like, Tracy, come over, heal. It was difficult. How in the world will, will I ever do that? But you see, today I stand up here because I surrendered. I surrendered to His will, His plan for my life. Will you surrender to His will and His plan for your life? And listen, He took the the, the the boy that had to crawl up into the barber seat, that had a bull haircut, that looked like I had an umbrella on my head. Why did my parents ever pay for stuff like that? And He took the boy that couldn't say his arm. Who faced discouragement, depression. And God said, you're the guy. And he healed me. He fixed me. And today I can stand up here and say my R's. Very clear. Very confident. I can stand seven foot tall. Like that little two and a half foot, two and a half year old. Because I'm surrendered in him. Are you surrendered to Christ? For many of you have a story today. We're going to have the praise team come and then I'm going to have you place your, your stories up here. If you don't know Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the only way that you can get to heaven. It says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. This invitation is for you. If you do not know Jesus Christ, come today. He said, because it's all about the kingdom. Now listen, disciples, Go and share my story with others so others can have the same access that you have into heaven. And that means my salvation story. I love this song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. So as we pray, if you don't know Jesus, come to Him today. This is your Easter service, not anybody else in this room. Your salvation story is between you and Him. He went to the cross. He endured pain for you. And he loved you this much that he stretched out his hands and he died on Calvary for you. Would you come to him today? And you see, after they took him off the cross, he said, I was bruised for your iniquities. But by my stripes you shall be healed. They laid. And if you have your story, please feel free to post it up there and share your story of what God's done even maybe in the last few weeks just in your life. Let us pray. Father, we love you and we thank you that, Lord, in our lives you allow earthquakes to shake us up. Father, we're thankful that even the the boulders and the stones, just like in that grave, gets in our way. And, Father, we realize that fear and anxiety overcomes us and encompasses us. But, God, we know that we can come to you and that, Lord, you said, fear not. For I am with you. And then, Father, we thank you that you become our joy. And you said, oh, go, be happy. Spread the gospel. Let people see that there is a transforming joy in your life. Today, Father, transform all of us, Lord, to be more like you, less like us. Help us to surrender our will to you today. Blessed Assurance. Jesus, you are mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Thank you, Father, for your love for us, for your love for mankind. And Lord, if there's somebody here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, would you just reach in their hearts and their life, have them step forward, step out, step up. Lord, today's their day of victory as yours was 2000. Let's sing this hymn, Blessed Assurance.
1: Blessed Assurance Jesus is mine
2: Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation of
1: God,
2: of His Spirit, in His blood. Is this
1: your story? This
2: is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song praising my Savior all the day long. Is the
0: Lord tugging on your heart today? Would you like someone to pray
2: with you? You come, you know who Jesus, Jesus Christ is, Christ is your Savior.
1: Perfect. Design. Visions of rapture now
2: burst on my side. Angels say bring from above. Echoes of mercy and whispers of love. This is my story. submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching Church,
1: nice and loud. This
2: is my story, and this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. my Savior all the day long. my Savior all the day long.
0: Hallelujah. We have so much to be thankful for. Can you praise your Savior all the day long? Listen, as we go today, remember, hear your story. It's your story and his story. You may be seated.
3: Once again, we just want to thank you for joining us today. For those who are watching online, if you would like to share your story with us, you can always send us an email to info at newhopeakron.com. That way we can know your story. It's good to know people's story. It's good to know where people are coming from. There may be something that you have struggled with. And if you share it, somebody here might need to hear those words to help them overcome what they are going through. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we ask to bless this offering. Father God. We thank You for this day once again. We thank You for coming and dying for us. Taking that punishment so that we can be free. We ask now that You bless the offering, Father. Bless each and every person that gives. Let them give out of the abundance of their heart and joyfully. We know that You are going to bless them as they give and that is Your promise to us. We ask this in your heavenly, most gracious name. Amen.
1: Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He. future in life is worth the living just because he lives. the very same God that has been things in orbit runs to the weary the worn and the weak and the